Welcome to the Infertile Mafia. That's Sarah. And that's Kayla. And today we're talking about the turkey baster method. Woop woop. Bet- better known as IUI. Well, <laughs> not just IUI. Intrauterine insemination. Yeah. But there's other ones too. Yeah. I feel like that I feel like IUI is better known as the turkey baster method. I think it's the other way around. Is it? Yeah, don't you think when you tell anybody on the street IUI, they look at you with a blank stare? But if you say the turkey baster method. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I told my little sister, we were, I don't know why it came up, but I had to explain what an IUI was to her. And she said, ew. <laughs> and I said, hey, some people have to do that to get pregnant. And she was like, okay. <laughs> She said, down. ew, and you were like, yeah, I know, <laughs> In, inside, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole lot of sperm situations happening, and not as many egg situations happening. I mean, I feel yeah. like it's more sperm-heavy involvement. True. <sighs> so, yeah, talking about the turkey baster. But before we do that, we have a quick item of business. We wanted to make sure everyone saw, if you didn't see it, go check it out. Um, Our friend at infertility underscore illustrated on Instagram drew an illustration of us. Which is a big deal because she doesn't just draw anyone. Right. We're totally celebrities now. (laughs) Well, Kayla and her had a date. A little rendezvous. Without me. We might be having another date tonight. Oh, cool. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I'm letting you know, Sarah, that I might cheat on you tonight. Okay. (laughs) It's okay. I'm not the jealous type. Well, that's good. That's good because we really hit it off. (laughs) (laughs) Well. (laughs) No, but she she, uh, drew an illustration of us and it was so cool. I love that she didn't go literal, like, because she, I described how we do this, like, in our closets and across <laughs> several states, and she could have gone that direction, but she went the mafia direction, and it was really cool. Yeah, so it looks better than what we really look like. <laughs> She gave you a plunging neckline. She did give me a lovely plunging neckline. <laughs> I think she gave you a little fringe. A little yeah. a little off the shoulder fringe. Yeah. But uh she she drew us like we were some kind of mob bosses. <laughs> yeah. We are. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Anyway, but thank you. If you don't know if you're not following her, definitely go follow her on Instagram. At infertility yeah. underscore illustrated. Her illustrations are awesome. Go check her out. The, yeah, they're really cool. They're really cool. So, any other items of business, Sarah? Mm, not that I can think of. Okay. Okay, cool. Right off the top of my head. <laughs> well, then, let's get into IUI. So, before we get into IUI, let's talk about ICI. Has anyone ever heard of that? Um, I, I put this on here because I feel like ICI, which would be intracervical 
insemination gets lumped in with IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. They are not the same. They are not. Uh, I mean, the the ICI, do doctors even do it? No. Okay. Yeah. This is what you would do at home. And, <laughs> <Right>. uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you were getting sperm from a sperm bank, this is what you would do at home. And they probably would send you a kit. The sperm bank? Yeah. Oh. Because I was looking it up. And uh, the the website I was looking at said, we'll send you the kit. Oh. And they said you can use the ICI syringe or the IUI syringe. And it really doesn't matter. Okay. And then for ICI, for the at-home method, just like putting it in your vagina. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they say it's better to have unwashed sperm. Oh, really? Yeah, because the sperm could use the extra fluid. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) And I I bet the good sperm, like, crawl, use the bad sperm and, like, climb over them them to get into the cervix. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh... So many fluids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that weird? Like, it's someone you don't know. Yeah. They're fluid. Well, I mean, yeah, it it is weird. It's weird to think about. <laughs> it's weird to think about. Yeah. Yeah, it's the DIY method, and um, it doesn't go beyond the cervix. It just goes in the vaginal canal. Goes up as close to the cervix as you can get without, yeah, yeah, yeah. without actually going through that tough barrier. <laughs> That's true. And if you want to buy something to uh, help you with this there are a couple products that we've talked about before i wouldn't say we've endorsed them (laughs) you probably know our opinion on them uh the stork mosey baby and anything else that's at home like a syringe yeah we even talked about remember we said don't waste your money on these just buy the five dollar syringes on amazon because it's basically the same thing yeah yeah do that do that oh it (laughs) and um to help things get on up there you should have an orgasm afterwards Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so that's ici it's also called um something else i can't think of what it is right now i don't know (laughs) yeah i as far as the orgasm goes i read (laughs) i read that when you have an orgasm, it help the cervix like sucks the fluid out of your vagina. I've read that too. It helps it get up in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like mm, yum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like you were saying, the biggest difference is they're not you're you're not getting into the cervix, and you should not try that at home. <laughs> So that sounds painful if you tried that at home. Um, it's painful at the doctors that where they know what they're doing. You need a catheter, so don't Oof. try to stick a syringe through your cervix. This could end and, in mm. a disaster. Well, and you need someone who knows what they're doing. I always hear them say, "Turn at twelve o'clock." 
<laughs> like, what does that mean? Is there a bend in my cervix? Sometimes there is. There is. There's a bend I think in your I have, uterus. I think I have a retroverted. Wait, you know, a tilted uterus. Yeah, yeah. Some people is do. it called retroverted? Ret- retrograde? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, some people do. It's so. a normal variation. Yeah, it's not. You're not like totally weird about that. Um. But yeah, don't try to don't try to get past the cervix at home. It could end poorly. So don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Anyway, I wanted to put that up at the top because again, I feel like they get ICI gets lumped in with IUI, and they're actually quite different. So I just wanted to clear the air. So the difference with oh, I wanted to say one more thing because you said about the sperm being washed it's better but i would assume that sperm from a sperm bank has been washed right i don't know i don't have much experience with sperm banks (laughs) i'm just making that assumption but it could be totally i do you want me to google it while you go on about no it's fine okay (laughs) we'll we'll correct ourselves in a in an episode later, or someone will correct us. I'm, I'm sure. pretty. Sh- I'm guessing you can get washed or unwashed. Really? It seems like it would be harder to store it if it was unwashed, like all that sticky stuff. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I don't know either. I I'm <laughs> interested though. Now I'm gonna have to do some research. Okay. I do know that in an actual IUI, the sperm definitely is washed. So again, the difference is with IUI, they're placing sperm via a catheter directly into your uterus, bypassing the vagina and cervix. So it basically just gives the sperm an enormous head start, getting it up as close to your fallopian tubes as possible. So, and I wrote, it's like a handicapping golf. I guess if you golf, you'll know what that means. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of another analogy. It's just like, oh, you know what it's you know what it's like. It's what? like if are you a person who, when you have the choice in front of you, I'm either can do the escalator or the stairs. <laughs> I'm gonna take the escalator <laughs> because it's fun. <laughs> the IUI method is the escalator method because you don't have to do any of the work it takes you to the top you can still walk i mean go a lot faster (laughs) that's true (laughs) that's true do you judge the people that when you're going up the escalator and they're like i'm gonna take the stairs and they just zoom past you on the stairs i flip them off (laughs) i feel like i am that person because i usually choose the stairs like i'll see you at the top (laughs) Yeah, so that's what it's like. It's just giving the sperm a head start. <laughs> um, so I wanted to give everyone a quick history on the on the IUI because it's actually quite an old method. Um, and then there was something funny about it too. So IUI has a long history, first in animals, later in humans. The use of this procedure in animals dates back to the 14th century. That's crazy. It's a long time ago. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, Okay. In London in 1793, John Hunter 
was the first person reported to achieve a successful human pregnancy using IUI. Although Hunter received credit for the first human pregnancy using the procedure, it is likely there were earlier successful attempts. But of course, John Hunter gets all the credit. <laughs> so, and then um, Hunter began by collecting semen from a husband who had hypo... Spod... Something. He had something. An inability to ejaculate. By making an incision into the man's testes, he then inseminated the wife by placing the husband's semen into her cervix with a tool similar to a turkey baster. Oh, this all sounds painful. Yeah. Resulting in a successful pregnancy. Now, this is funny. James Marion Sims. This is the... Okay, so John Hunter was the British guy. James Marion Sims is the guy in the U.S. that tried this. <laughs> Later attempted IUI in the United States with six women in 1866. But he had a low success rate because he did not fully understand a woman's menstrual cycle. He mistook menstruation, menstruation for the ovulation period. What an idiot. What a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he had any success. And this guy's a doctor? I don't know. I don't know. They not talk to each other? (laughs) Well, it was 1866. (laughs) Through carrier pigeon? How did you? (laughs) On a boat? (laughs) Letters? No, because the John guy was 1793. And that was a long time before the James guy was James. 1866. Yeah, so probably weren't talking to each other. What an idiot. Uh, yeah, anyway. Whoops, that's I embarrassing. I know. <laughs> I know, he clearly knew nothing. He should have been on this podcast. Yeah. Um, My grandma used to have her dogs get IUIs because she was a dog breeder. Oh, I know really? it's looked down upon. <laughs> To be a dog breeder, but that was a long time ago. It wasn't you. It was your grandmother. Yeah. So. Most bo- bulldogs are inseminated that way. Mm. And they have C-sections. Oh, poor pups. Yeah. I saw a lot of C-sections as a child. Doggy C-sections? Dogs. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like that would scar me for life. It was always in the middle of the night, too. Why is that? I don't know. It's how it is in the movies. The baby comes in the middle of the night, whether it's dog or human. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, I don't know if anyone found that interesting, but I thought it was interesting. That is interesting. Just thought I'd share. I couldn't believe it was that old. The method was that old. And we're still doing it today, 2018. It hasn't really changed. were, Were they getting IUIs and like the 40s and 50s do you think you know that's a good question sarah i bet they were i'm sure it wasn't like quite as like fine-tuned as it is today but because they didn't have like injectable medications yet or anything but i mean it's not that part of a concept to shove the sperm up into the (laughs) ute well i mean as long as she's not on her period i know (laughs) come on james Come Why on. are you so dumb? Are you a doctor? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, he, he mistook <laughs> menstruation yeah, for ovulation. He mistook it. 
you've been doing it wrong this whole time. Yeah. If anyone out there is trying to get pregnant when you're menstruating, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. But <laughs> I hear it could happen if, you know, your ovulation I... period's weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Have you, have you seen Jane the Virgin? No. Do you know the premise of the show? No. Okay. <laughs> so the first episode... She goes in to have a pap smear and the doctor is an alcoholic and Jane is really tired for some reason. So she just goes to sleep because, oh, no. you know, I don't know about you, but when I go to the gynecologist, I'm I just so relaxed. I'm so relaxed that I go to sleep mm-hmm. with a speculum up my vagingo. Yeah. And um, in the next room. The doctor's sister-in-law's in there trying to get inseminated with her brother's sperm. Mm-hmm. The doctor's brother's sperm. And so uh, the doctor is so messed up, she uh, inseminates Jane. <laughs> Jane gets pregnant. Um, this was the brother's last sperm sample because he had cancer. Oh. So he can't get his wife pregnant now. And so Jane's pregnant with his baby. And hilarity ensues. <laughs> I was going to, is it a comedy or is it a really sad, weird drama? It's um a Casanova, wait, what is it? Like a, a Spanish soap opera. Uh, telenovela? No. Yes. T- yes. Did I say yes, it right? Yeah. Oh, okay. That That's just, what it's supposed I, to be based on, kind of. Got it. Okay. So, that is not very likely. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I feel like the IUI is the one that gets depicted the most in movies and TV. I mean, you see IVF more now, but it seems like the whole sperm bank and just shooting the sperm up, like, that's what... I feel like most people, if they think of a fertility treatment, they're at least... They've at least heard of that. It's, like, the most common. But, anyway... Talk to me about why and when it's suggested. Uh, well, it's well, it's usually the first thing after Clomid. And then it's suggested for male factor infertility because they think it gives the sperm a boost up there. Right. Basically. The escalator. And, yeah. Up to and your then, uterus. <laughs> uh, and then... They also use it for unexplained... They use it for everyone, it seems, unless you have something that sends you straight to IVF, really. I think they offer it, yeah. Yeah, same-sex couples. It's great for them. Um, Some cases of endometriosis or PCOS. Cervical mucus issues is another one, which we haven't talked about that. Mm -mm. Hostile cervical mucus if your cervical mucus is hostile, wouldn't your uterus have hostile mucus in it too? It would stand to reason. <laughs> Unless the mucus coming out of your cervix originates somewhere other than your uterus. I don't know. Hmm. Mandy. <laughs> That's a good question. Your cervix is like the like the nose of your <laughs> I'm sorry. Or lips, depending. <laughs> yeah. It just says there's just a lot of mucus, though, coming oh, out. Oh, 
That's what that's where I came up with nose, but it looks more like lips. It's some kind of hybrid. <laughs> no, they when you are not ovulating, it feels like the tip of your nose. That's right. And when you are ovulating, it feels like your lips. Yeah, that's right. We talked about we gave you guys tips on cervical checks back in what episode 2, one of the first ones. One of the first ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah. I feel you're right. I feel like it gets off unless the sperm factor is like super low like really really low or like a situation like yours where your tubes are blocked I mean if your tubes are blocked IUI is not going to work for you so like you said unless there's something that fast tracks you to IVF I feel like doctors at least give you the option to do IUI first they have such a low rate of success though yeah, I mean, that's true, which we can talk about that now. It's usually about... Oh, we could talk about it later if you want. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's it's usually like a, what, 20, 20-ish percent success rate? Mm, I mean, I feel like it's less than that. I think it... Or it else depends so on many people person. would get pregnant with IUIs. Yeah, well, I think it's because I say 20% and I'm... I found that statistic pretty regularly, but there it was always with the caveat that it would be like with no other, that's like in the person with very minimal fertility issues. So like a woman who maybe doesn't ovulate super regularly or, but like if the guy, like for example, I'll use my own case as an example. Bill had pretty low, like whatever, sperm count. But we did two IUIs, so, but someone, some guy that had, like, a really high sperm count might have had, their their odds are going to be better than ours were. So I feel like if right. you're, there's not an issue with, the, with your man, your odds are probably better than if there is. Yeah. I don't know if that made any sense. <laughs> no, it makes sense. Like, if you have an ovulatory disorder. Yes. And they make you ovulate. It'll, you're going to have a better chance than someone with low sperm count or motility or morphology. Yeah, that's a better way of... We just confused everyone. Your odds are probably better if the, if the issue is not sperm. <laughs> if you don't have an issue, you're probably going to get pregnant at some point from an IUI. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. And we we asked if we had any one and done, like one IUI got pregnant done, and there are some women in the Facebook group. Oh, really? Yeah, we've read, no. we've we've shared it on this podcast. <laughs> I feel like they don't exist. I can't, they're the unicorns in the infertility <laughs> world. No, they I exist. Don't feel scared if you're doing an IUI. No, they they do. They exist. They're probably like the people we talked about. <laughs> Um, the, that just don't have, they're not quote in the infertility community that long. They're not doing treatments that long. And then once they get pregnant, they're like deuces and then you don't hear about them. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. They don't stick around. <laughs> Why would they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So quickly I'm going to describe the procedure itself. If anyone is like about to go through an IUI or you want to know what the steps are step-by-step process here. Now, you can either do a medicated IUI 
or an unmedicated IUI. So if you do an unmedicated cycle, it means obviously you're not taking any ovulatory drugs. So we're only watching what would have naturally happened in your cycle without any help. Okay, there's no, you probably still do a trigger shot, I would guess. But you're not doing any follicle stimulating drugs. <laughs> um, most, I feel like most days now, though, they're usually medicated, at least a little bit. Uh, yeah. So you often will get either a follicle stimulating drug or Clomid or Letrozole or something that's going to stimulate the ovaries. Um, and your cycle is going to be closely monitored using blood work and ultrasound in that or in the early stages of your cycle, those first few days and weeks. And they're going to check for your estrogen levels, your LH surges, your progesterone to see when you're about to approach ovulation. So once the eggs get to that point where they're about to ovulate, then you might get that additional trigger shot, which we talked about the trigger being like, good and bad. <laughs> the good thing about it is it does make, uh, it does force your egg to ovulate, which makes the timing of the IUI more accurate so that the doctor knows exactly when to put the sperm in. But because it forces the egg to ovulate, sometimes in some cases, the egg is maybe not quite ready. But there's no way to really know that because they're only basing it off the follicle size. So anyway, so the day that you go in for the IUI procedure, which the doctor will tell you usually like 36 hours before to give yourself a trigger shot. And then you'll come in 36 hours later and prior to your procedure, your man goes and whacks it in a cup. <laughs> <laughs> and then... The sperm is then washed, which means it just gets weird of all the loser duds. How do they do that? Do you know? I don't. I, I've i read about it before, but I didn't retain the knowledge. What I don't know if this is accurate, but this is what I'm going to say they do. They put it in some kind of centrifuge, like a salad spinner, and they just spin it around, and it has a way of like weeding out the duds. Huh. But I don't know if that's true. It's just... I don't know. <laughs> what that I... sounds right. <laughs> it's got to be something like that because it's pretty quick. Like, it doesn't take that long. You know, like, they're not going through and individually separating them out. I didn't know if they were doing that. Oh, no. Deep, deep. The... So, the sperm is washed so that you're only putting... And they get rid of the, f the seminal fluid, like we were just talking mm -hmm. about in the ICI. So, they... They're only putting in the sperm that has good morphology and motility. Okay. And then once it, that's ready, you go back to the, you, you assume the position. <laughs> For us, we had to pick up the sperm from the lab and carry it back to the RE. We carried it ourselves and I had to stick it in my boobs to keep it warm. <laughs> Did they tell you to do that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was in the same building and everything was labeled. <laughs> I know it seems crazy, doesn't it? Like, what if I trip yeah. and fall? Now there's sperm all over the hallway. Ew. <laughs> but yeah, it was just, it was, they were very close to each other, but 
still. And then you walk in the the waiting room, right? And there's all these people in there oh, and no. you're just holding your sperm. <laughs> and, and then you hand it to the woman behind the counter. Here's my sperm. <laughs> Please take care of it. It's such a surreal thing. You're just like, hand, you're, everyone in the room sees what you're doing. You're handing off, you're, you're literally handing off your husband's sperm to a stranger. Everyone sees it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's so Do bizarre. they give you nods? <laughs> yeah. Tip their hats right, to you? Like, oh, this one looks really nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I watched in horror as, so I handed the receptionist the sample. And then all she does is put it in this little, like, incubator looking thing with other samples and i was like oh my gosh what if it gets mixed up Uh, your name was on it yeah don't worry guys that doesn't happen i mean i usually it's happened somewhere but (laughs) and they don't like there's a very very small chance of if you're doing ivf they'll put the wrong embryo in (laughs) but don't worry about it (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's definitely something I worried about. <laughs> I think it crosses everyone's mind at some point. Because it's one of those, like, it's so out of your control. Like, your little babies are being stored somewhere. You have nothing to do with it. It's crazy. It's happened. I know. Let's, we, we shouldn't put doubt in people's minds. That's, but it usually doesn't happen. Like, 99.99999% of the time. That's not going to happen. That's some rare freak something. Yeah. Anyway, back to the IUI. So then we go back to the room. I assume the position. They come in with the sperm. And yes, they make sure, like, I have to say my name, say my husband's name, make sure we've got the right sample. And then the nurse made a corny joke to me. And she was like, oh, it looks like they've got his eyes and his. I was like, oh, (laughs) We're like, don't, just Just don't. don't. Just stick that thing in me and let's move on. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she was trying to make light of the situation. I kind of appreciated it. Yeah. Ha ha ha. I laughed at her. (laughs) It's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. So once you figure out you've got the right sperm, you lay back, you do the whole thing, the speculum, the catheter, which is the worst part because it's kind of pinchy. And then that's where the turkey baster part of it comes in. That's literally what it looks like. The catheters attached to this syringe and they just. <laughs> do they do an and ultrasound at the same time? Yes. So it's just like IVF with the transfer. It's the a lot like the, it's a lot like a transfer. I didn't mention that. So speculum first, then the catheter. Once the catheter is in place, take the speculum out and put the ultrasound wand in. So they can oh, see. Oh, they do it inside? Yeah. They did for my IUIs, not for my transfers. But okay. for the IUIs, they did. Yeah. So there is a little bit of a difference because IVF, they do it on your stomach. Yeah, mine did it on my stomach. And the catheter was much more comfortable for IVF than it was for mm. IUI. And I said something to my doctor and she was like, oh, yeah, we've got the, the premium We've got the premium catheters up here in the IVF lab. Yeah, she said the ones that they use just for IUI or not. They use the cheap ones. Exactly. (laughs) So, and then once they get everything in, then they pull everything out. (laughs) 
And then I had to just lay there for a while and hang out. What did you do? Did you play on your phone? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I'm sure I was on my phone. I'm sure. Or did you talk to your husband? He was wasn't he there? there. He wasn't in the room. Oh. They didn't let him be in the room? I think that I think they would have. I don't think he could come. If I think he had to go back to work or something. I don't remember. I don't remember him being there. He actually might have been there. Oh, he only had Bill. enough time to jack off. Right. Up. That's all I can give you right now. <laughs> it's like, I got things to do. It's like, I did my part. Peace out. He's like, I have to pay for this somehow. <laughs> right. Going back to work. Right. Exactly. I don't have time to cuddle. So. But that was it. <sighs> I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. You know. And then you had to wait two weeks to test or what happened after that yeah so after that my doctor for whatever reason I don't know why she she's the only person I've ever known that she gives she gave me an extra trigger shot Mm. a week later I don't know why (laughs) um but yeah I don't even know why she's like you can't test now (laughs) yeah she just wanted to torture me but for that reason, I couldn't test until I, like, you know, I couldn't test until it was actually like two and a half, three weeks past the procedure, which every time I got my period. So, okay. Were you on any progesterone support? No, I don't think so. Maybe pills, but no shots or anything like that. This yeah. is going back a ways, so I don't remember exactly, but I never had low progesterone you know, in a natural cycle. So, but if you yeah. do, then I, I think you should take some progesterone support. Depends on your situation. Depends on your situation. So the next thing we were going to talk about are the pros and cons of IUI, which we have been talking about them a little bit, but I mean, <laughs> the pros are like I was saying, it's not that big of a deal, so it's just a little bit less of an investment emotionally. Mm, some people get invested. Oh, I know. I did, too. I'm not... I don't mean to minimize... No, no. I yeah. know. I I told <laughs> I told my friend, she's like, I'm doing IUI. I said, don't get your hopes up. Oh, it, like, I didn't say it like that. I said, don't get your hopes up because they barely ever work. Yeah. The f- now she's doing IVF, so... Oh, boy. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> when I started this this um, episode outline, and I put pros and cons, then I put pros, the cost. Cons, rarely works. <laughs> That's all that was on the list. So do you want to waste your money on it? So, if yeah. your insurance pays for it, then Definitely why do not it. waste your time, you know? Yeah, you're <laughs> right. I'm being so down about IUIs. I'm partly joking. <laughs> yeah, all the people out there that IUI has worked for them, they are not liking our vibe right now. <laughs> Sorry. They're probably not listening. They're probably out being normal people <laughs> right now. That could be. That They're could probably be. like, I don't need the infernal mafia behind me. Because I'm a normal person. <laughs> yeah. Or anyone l- that's leading up to an IUI. They're like, well, thanks a lot, Sarah. 
You just took all the air out of my balloon. Okay, do you want to have your hopes, like, way up and then have them crushed or just have them in the middle and then have them crushed? (laughs) Or like Sarah, no hopes at all, so she can't be crushed. (laughs) She's shrugging in agreeance. In agreeance. Yeah. So, so, but, okay, I'll, I'll advocate for the IUI right now because I did two of them myself. And I think for me, other than the cost, which the cost is not nothing. The cost is significant because it is a fraction of the cost of IVF. We're talking like, you know, maybe the most, like, I don't know, roughly $1,000 compared to, you know, IVF is eight, many, 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 many more thousands. Yeah. Um, so that is something. Uh and it is less invasive, like I talked about. Like, there's less, it's just less involved. There's less shots. There's less monitoring. There's no surgery. It's, it, you know. So, I don't think it's all bad to give it a try. Even, you know, even if it, even if your shot is low, I would rather maybe do that than go all the way to IVF just because the odds aren't great. I don't know. If IUI works for you, like, that would be amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you might as well give it a shot. It must work enough. Like, the odds must be good enough that they're, because they're still doing it. And True. I mean, I feel like doctors wouldn't waste their time if it was like it never worked. I know of one girl from YouTube who was doing YouTube at the same time as us little lady um, who was doing YouTube at the same time as us, like doing the TTC vlogs and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then she ended up doing an IUI. Like it was kind of like whatever. They weren't really doing any sort of treatments and then they did an IUI and they got pregnant. There you go. (laughs) And her son's like a month older than mine. Yeah. So, yeah. It does work. I really think we're we're down on it because we obviously had to do IVF and most of the people we know ended up having to do IVF. But it does work. So, and I think I don't know. I'm I thinking back on how I felt when I started seeing a fertility doctor. I think if she had jumped me to IVF right away, I would have been really intimidated by that. I would have been like, "Whoa." Uh, True. They're buttering you up to get the money out of you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind a little buttering. It was like I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It, it could work. Like it, if you don't, <laughs> it depends on your situation. I just I didn't mind that it kind of eased me into, like, I I also think it helped me be in a better headspace when we finally got to IVF, having gone through. IUI. I don't know. I just felt better prepared for even fertility treatments not working. I just, I don't know. I felt, I don't know. I was just going to ask you something, but it flew right out of my head. (laughs) And I don't remember what I was going to ask you. Well, I'll share something funny. So, okay. uh, Our first IUI that we did was the time Bill missed the cup. Mm. so what happened 
Well, <laughs> and he explains that in the in the interview I did with him in episode five, Adventures in what the Jericho Room. What a gem to come on <laughs> yeah. and let you interview him. And talk about a very vulnerable topic for men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially when something like that happens and you miss the cup. Um, yeah, it was our first IUI and he, we were bringing the sample from home and he, so he missed (laughs) without getting too, too graphic. He missed, but not everything. (laughs) Oh yeah. So there was still enough there to do the procedure, but. Oh, good. I mean, who knows how, how good it could have been if we'd, you know gotten every drop it could have worked it could have worked could have worked or not because you have other issues that need to be taken <laughs> care of right exactly hindsight is always 2020 um but yeah that was kind of a funny story it wasn't funny that day we were super discouraged and pissed that day <laughs> but it's funny now maybe that's encouraging to some people like those times that things just everything that could go wrong does you're gonna laugh about it someday so true (laughs) so i mean we talked about the cons the cons you know doesn't always work and the success rates aren't that high and i think really the biggest con for me is that you're still relying on there not being a single issue with the egg or the sperm or the uterus or the implantation like there's still a lot that's very much up to chance with iui hmm. it's less yeah. control it's uh, almost like a natural cycle right pretty much it's really a lot like Odd a natural twice. cycle other than the fact that you know you got the escalator up to the uterus that's really the main difference so i feel bad now i think i was too down on it (laughs) it's it's okay you're just reflecting the you're you're just reflecting what is true in the community it it doesn't it work it doesn't work more often than it does that's just a fact it's just a statistical fact so I bet if I looked up the hashtag IUI success on Instagram, there will be people there. Oh, there'll be plenty of people there. If you have done an IUI and it was successful, then you can write us an email at infertilemafia at gmail.com and tell us off. Yeah. I mean, this person, uh, they tried for 200, wait, 2,342 days. So... What is that? What? Seven years? I don't know. And then they got pregnant with an IUI. So it could happen. (laughs) Sarah, I don't think you need to feel bad. It's okay. And here are, here is a two mom couple. They got pregnant from an IUI. Hey, if you're like, if you are a same sex couple, an IUI could work for you. Yeah, I think that's that's just it. That's what it is, Sarah. It's people that don't that have more like mild infertility issues. IUI is probably like the rate of success is pretty is probably not bad. It's just that the success rates that you read are lumped in with all the people that probably should have never been doing it in the first place. 
that's bringing the average way down. <laughs> so it's very much an individual situation that you're evaluating about you and your partner. So like you said, if you don't have any infertility issues, you're a same-sex couple, I bet the odds of IUI are pretty good. Well, yeah, and this one says, John and I were lucky enough to have success after our first round of IUI and only partially drained our savings account. <laughs> right. So there's that. You're lucky. You're lucky the IUI worked for you. <laughs> IVF would totally drain your savings account. It has a way of doing that. <laughs> yep. But anyway. So if anyone out there is doing an IUI soon... We wish you the best of luck. We hope you're in that 20%. We don't want you to, we don't want it to not work. We want it to wow, work. Wow, and this person was doing five days of Clomid. Oh, that was her? First IUI, five days of Clomid with a trigger shot one day before IUI. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, done. Yep. Done, oh, done. I guess we should add that adding in ovulatory drugs will increase your risk of multiples. Your doctor should Do tell that. you that if they don't. They're irresponsible. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of <laughs> twins here. Yeah, the rate of twins with IUI is pretty high. So it does increase your your chances for multiples. Keep that in mind. So does IVF. But <laughs> so Who doesn't love twin? Well, that IVF will increase your chance of multiples if you put two in there. Well... Yeah, but I've also read st statistically that embryos have a higher uh, incident of splitting and becoming twins in with IVF embryos. Yeah. I mean, it's not a huge No, that's still though. rare. <laughs> yeah. It's still yeah. rare. It's probably just one of those, like, IVF embryos are studied more than any other kind. So, And you see... Uh, you get ultrasounds way earlier than other people do. Right. So if like a normal person had spontaneous twins, <laughs> one yeah. could, you know, be absorbed before they actually had an ultrasound. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like they're, they're being documented much closer than your average pregnant woman. So true. anyway, yeah, that is intrauterine insemination, the old turkey baster method. I wonder if anyone's actually used a turkey baster. I bet they have. Yeah, probably. I mean, you would you would need a lot of liquid for it to actually <laughs> right. stay in there. But I bet someone's tried it. <laughs> if you've tried it, let us know. <laughs> oh, man. So <sighs> let's do out of the box because I want to hear your story. Yeah. Okay. So I'm leaving for a, a little mini vacation today. And with the fam. So I'm going to go get a spray tan. Oh. Have you uh, ever had a spray tan? Of course I have. Yeah. Aren't they the best? <laughs> uh, sometimes. Well, yeah, <laughs> it depends. <laughs> sometimes they are not the best. <laughs> sometimes you look like Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like they're so much better, though, than they were when I was, like, in college. And it was like the oh yeah like the 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 box you stand in and it's like turn to the left and turn to the, like you'd get it don't breathe don't breathe yeah it's like hmm should I really be doing this if I'm not allowed to breathe <laughs> yeah just don't breathe and then you end up looking super orange 
Yeah, because they only had one color for people like me and you, and then also people mm. with, like, lovely caramel skin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, it's come a long way because, well, and I always get the, like, airbrush tan now that I'm... By a person? Yeah, by a person. That's so fancy. I've never had that. Oh, I won't do it any other way anymore. I mean, I'm in my mid-30s. Life's too short to go stand in a box. How much does that cost compared to the box? You know, it does cost more, but not quite twice as much more. And it's so much better. Do you get naked? Yep. Like completely naked? Yep. Like no bottoms? Yep. I mean, you don't have to. (laughs) I don't know. The correlation between this story and like going through infertility, there's a lot of similarities. (laughs) So this is what happened. This was um, several years ago, leading up to, uh, I'm getting a spray tan today, so this is what made me think of the story. So, I was leading up to my first frozen embryo transfer. It was the summertime. It was like August. And I wanted to go get a spray tan. And <laughs> I had been doing all the estrogen patches on my stomach, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I had also been doing Lovenox because I that was the first time I started using a blood thinner was in that cycle. And so I'd been giving myself Lovenox shots in my stomach. And for anyone who's taken a blood thinner injection, you bruise a lot. <laughs> so you get these big splotchy... Anyway, you bruise a lot. So... I'm sure you can see where this is going. <laughs> so I get, I didn't even think about it though. I just like, it didn't even cross my mind. So I get there and I like strip down and you know, the bruising is worse on people that have really pale skin than it. it it's like really <laughs> obvious. Yeah. I bruised with IVF meds, like the galaxy. Uh-huh. Right. That's what my stomach looks like. The Milky Way. Yes. Um, so anyway, I didn't even think about it and I stripped down and she walks in the woman and she looks horrified. She looked, like looked at my stomach and I had at least taken off the estrogen patches, but anyone who's taken those, used those, they leave this, like, at least for me, they left the sticky like residue behind that I would just took forever to get off. So I had all of these spots because I was using them every two days or something. So I had all mm-hmm. these like sticky spots and all these bruises. And she looked at me and I could tell like she wanted to say something, but she didn't know what to say. And she was <laughs> eventually she was like, what happened to your stomach? <laughs> and I was like, uh, <laughs> like it was one of those moments it dawned on me like oh crap how am I gonna explain this and it was did like, you say I don't want to talk about it yeah my husband's beating me I don't want to talk about it in the stomach only right <laughs> little jabs in the stomach <laughs> he's really short <laughs> this is the only place he can reach <laughs> so, oh my gosh so I had that for a split second I was like do I really want to get into this right now? Like, do I really want to go launch into IVF? <laughs> and so I just stood there for a second, like, 
uh, well, I'm doing these, like I was hemming and hawing, you know, and I have to do these like shots. I was trying to be super vague about it. And then she was like, oh my gosh, are you doing IVF? Like she brought it up. (laughs) And I was like, oh, thank God. Like that was pretty bold of her to ask. Uh-huh. But I appreciated it because then it was just like, because she knew all about it. She was like, I'm, did she do it? She didn't do it, but she was considering doing it. Oh. And she had friends that have, had done it. So she knew about the shots and stuff. So then we proceeded as she just sprayed me down to talk about, you know, IVF shots and no big deal. And you're completely naked. <laughs> yeah. Weird. And the great thing know. about it, because it's customized. So you can tell them how dark you want. You can have them draw on some abs for you. Yeah. That's nice. It is nice. I mean, yeah, it's a little weird, but it's not any weirder than handing off your sperm to the receptionist. I guess that's true. I mean. I I was considering doing it because there's a place around here that does it. It's great. But it's a, I'm sure it's expensive. Yeah, like I said, it's not twice as expensive as, like, the machine kind, but I I don't know. At least around here, it's probably, like, at least a third or more expensive. And it just doesn't last on me. Like, I get super splotchy, but maybe I wouldn't get splotchy. You might not. With a custom tan. They also give you all the tips ahead, like, for before and after. Do you always exfoliate? Oh, you can get a scrub beforehand. Yes. There. That's what you need to do. Let them exfoliate you, then spray you, and then they give you creams that help it stay. You know, I do look good when I'm a little tanner. Don't we all? Because I'm so white. (laughs) So am I. Sarah, you and I are just as white as each other. Do you want to have a whiteout contest? You really think that you're whiter than me? I think... Yeah, I think I'm just as pale as you, but I have a lot of freckles. So it gives... I have a lot of freckles, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, because we've never seen each other in real life. It's true. Uh, Peter is way more tan than I am. So is Bill. It makes me I'm like, sick. Look at our arms by each other. It makes me freaking sick. It's Does not ever fair. Does he get burnt? No. He turns Lucky. so dark. It's not fair. And Bjorn hasn't burnt yet. Yeah. You got it because he has. He's got your Peter's. Skin. He has Peter's skin. Oh, he does. But he's got the blonde hair and the blue eyes. I yeah, he had your skin. No, he's way more tan than me. Oh, he has the perfect Ken doll combination. He does. He's gonna make the girls crazy someday. That's what everyone's saying, and I'm like, he better not. <laughs> he better be a good boy. Well, he's just gonna drive him crazy with his looks, you know. I bet he'll be super awkward. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> no, that's that's okay. He'll find his person. <laughs> I want to yeah, know. He'll be like Peter. Yeah. Does anyone else do spray tans? Does anyone else have tips for us in spray tans? Okay, so what was the one that Paris Hilton did? Paris Hilton did like Mystic Tan. I don't know. That one is the one that turns you orange. Well, yeah, I was going to say she never looked good to me. <laughs> and then I did a different one, and it was almost like it sprayed on freckles. But it looked good, and it didn't get blotchy. It looked natural on you. 
Yeah. That's the thing about these custom ones, because they have more than one color. So they can be mm. like, oh, it's almost like a makeup artist, but for tanning. Because they can look at you and go, oh, I think you need a mixture of these two. Well, if I was like, I want to go as dark as possible. Yeah, then they can make it happen. <laughs> I probably shouldn't go as dark as possible. Wouldn't look natural. But yeah. No. Or does anyone have any hilarious spray tan stories? I, I want to hear about your spray tans. It's summertime, everybody. Get out there and yeah. get a tan. <laughs> Just, how'd you get in here, lady? Oh, oh, no. There's a dog in the room. <laughs> She's scared. It's thundering right now. Oh, it's raining here, too. That's probably our cue. Uh, to... You should probably <laughs> wear full suit of rain gear when you go get your tan. Oh, I know. Thank you for the... That's right. You can't get wet after, guys. We're talking to nope. people like they've never had a spray tan before. I bet they have. Yeah, but you're right. I'm gonna well. I'm gonna need a full suit when I go out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll close it there. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's it for but us. That's the show, guys. Okay, um, join our closed Facebook group if you're not in there. It's called the Infertile Mafia. Tell us your p- spray tan stories over there. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email about anything to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast to hear a lot more talk about turkey basters and mucus and uh, sperm. Mucus is a word like moist. I agree. I don't like it. Let's stop saying it. Can we come up with another word for mucus? I don't know. know. I'll think about it. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I really like when people send us questions to the email? Yeah. Just like random ones. Send us questions for out of the box. Like if you don't, Mm -hmm. if you don't want us to talk about spray tans and you want us to talk about you, send us something to talk about. Send us something you're interested in for out of the box and ask us a question. There you go. (laughs) But anyway. Otherwise, we're just going to keep talking about ourselves. That. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> In our next episode, we're giving you a list of do's and don'ts when you're dealing with infertile people. Yep. This ne- the next episode will be the one you can win your friend. This is one you your... would give to someone. Yes. You'd be like, you need to go listen. It's catered specifically for you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do's and don'ts for dealing with the infertility community. When, yeah, when you're not infertile. So. All right. All right. Well, thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.